Okay, the 57th chapter of Isaiah. Uh, he's talking to two different groups of people here. Proverbs 57, Isaiah 57 chapter, when he's addressing about the righteous being moved and no one, no one takes it to heart as to what God's doing. And that comes from us not studying God's word and knowing God's word being rooted and grounded in God's word. And with Bible study, we should be able to rightly divide the word of truth. And the disadvantage that we have in this latter day is that there's not enough of the younger people or older people actually studying God's word and being given to God's word. And that's why he says that people perish because of lack of knowledge of God's word. They've heard it, heard preaching and teaching and they compartmentalize it. They think we have this and, you know, we're children of God and Jesus loves us all. And it's just like Israel. They took God for granted as God's people. They didn't know God. They knew of his word, but they wasn't doers of God's word. So they thought God wouldn't destroy him, destroy them. And that's why the children of the kingdom are cast out. There are a lot of people in churches and they take for granted that we all are Christians or whatever because just saying we are Christians makes us Christians. And we say that America is a Christian nation, which thinks us make us think that we're a Christian nation. But it takes being born again. It takes living a life, and it takes being in communication with God and doing the will of the Father. But not knowing this in its fullest state, in other words, the way it is today, the new preaching and the new teaching of God's word, the new revelations coming out, as I was saying in the introduction that we missed that the recorder didn't pick up, it's like Enoch when they say Enoch was translated, God took him and he was not. But it's not that he took Enoch to heaven. It says he was translated. So he became a type of those that God removed or God moves away from trouble or evil. The world was in such a condition at that time that Enoch was taken away. God took him just like Elijah. Elijah was translated. He was taken up a type that was removed. But then the younger people that studying the word of God and looking and going deeper in the revelations, the deeper things of God, they get to a scripture and say, okay, we're here. Jesus says, no man had ascended up, but he who ascended down. He was the only one that came from the father and went back to the father. So the, the reason the last will be first and the first will be last is is the understanding and the complete knowledge of God's word. In other words, the new harvest of God's word where as Satan tried to use God's word against Jesus, there are a lot of people that are falling for knowing the scriptures and having a private interpretation of the scriptures and by being our parents or the one in authority it causes God's word to be mocked or made fun of because 
the people that are teaching. He says, be not many masters and be not many teachers. The one that a teacher and instructing of God's word may be teaching beyond what they understand. They are like the King James only people, that it has to be from the King James or any other translation is not right if it's not from a King James Bible. The old people would teach about soul sleep and the incorrect teaching about that the soul that's in hell and then the people that's in heaven looking down. But the Bible says the soul that sinned, it it shall die. Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ is the only one that offers eternal life. Paul had to correct the teaching of some of the people during the times of the Thessalonians about some that sleep and uh, had quit their jobs. A lot of people were quitting their jobs and looking for the soon return of Jesus Christ because they thought his return was imminent at that time or whatever. But the apostles started to see that that's why they started to write it down some 40 or 50 or 60 years after the apostles started teaching because they started to die. They said, well, look, we need to get this down. We need to get this written, the written word of God because he's not coming back in our time. The understanding that that wasn't for that time. A greater light was infused on the word of God. The scoffers, which have been here ever since the time of Adam, scoffers has been here ever, ever since the beginning, because that's why what Satan is, a scoffer or a mocker. He mocked God's word. He made light of God's word. He despised God's word. So the scoffer says, where's the promise of his coming? Things have continued as it was in the beginning, and he's not came back yet. And during the, during the times of the apostles, they brought people saying, well, he's not coming back during this generation. It's been thousands of years or whatever now. And people were saying, well, you know, the earth man's going to get better or whatever, and they're not looking. And that's why the preachers and the people of today are saying, uh, it's imminent that his return is right nigh at the door. And I think we as the preachers in the, of the Latter-day Church, we realize that we're at the end of history, that we're at the end of the times of the Gentiles, and the scriptures has been almost completely fulfilled, and it is time for Jesus Christ to come back. So you would have to have a knowledge of God's word, a studying and an understanding of God's word, or you'll start to yield to some of the mockers because Satan's people have counterfeited this and changed it. So now his ministers are changed into angels of light. They're preaching and teaching God's word. I was telling you the other day about the Presbyterian church, uh, some 260 some churches in North Carolina, South Carolina left the denomination and nationwide their thousands are leaving over same-sex marriage, over the gay rights movement and all these things because it's coming into the church and not having an understanding of Scripture. We divide or split over it, but then there are some that compromise and become tolerant of it, which is in the middle, which you shouldn't do. But then there, there are those that are turning violent, and I tell you, the national Christianity that's arising, the church have apostatized 
and went away. So the church is violent and the people, if you're reading all the news headlines and follow Russell Moore and some of the other things, this new Christianity that along with the political rise of the Republican Party in Christian nationalism puts a antichrist face on Christianity, mm-hmm. on the religion of Christianity. So we see the numbers falling in Christianity and denominational Christianity falling. So there are those that are mocking. And I don't know how many of us are how many in different churches realize, well, your children really don't believe in God. They're not following God. They don't believe in an imminent coming of Jesus Christ and in hell of death. And that going to church is going to church. And though a lot of our children go to church or whatever, and they've grown and have their own lives, church is just part of a social gathering or whatever. So, what God does, he calls them together and he addresses some because he says the righteous are taken away. So those that are fighting adamantly against these are standing strong. And we've lost a couple of members throughout the years and wondering what has happened, what's going on. Why did God move them and why God allows the righteous to fall? And it's maybe because they won't have an understanding of what God is doing. They don't receive the understanding of what God's doing. And then as, as this comes to an end, as the mark is coming, Christianity is turning what it is, do you have the ability to stand against your spouse or your children or your parents or whatever for Christ? Or would you become one of the mockers or scoffers? This is a time when Jesus says he didn't come to bring peace, but a a sword. But we see that peace is one of the things that he promised in this chapter. The promises of God is in the last 13 verses, the last few verses of the chapter from 13 on down. Promise and a multiplication of his people and turning them away. A removal of the stumbling block that was cast before them. 14th verse says, and he shall say, come ye up, cast ye up, prepare the way, take up the stumbling block out of the way of my people. For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabited in eternity. He's talking about Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ is a stumbling block to some. Jesus Christ was made a stumbling block to many because they found another Jesus. And so... They are the ones that more or less are mockers and scoffers, not knowing what we talked about a week or two ago, but they're the children of the ones that killed and destroyed the prophets. It says in uh, verse 4, but verse 3, but draw, draw nigh hither, ye sons of sorcerers, the seed of adulterers and the whore. Against whom do you sport yourself? Against whom make you a wide mouth and draw out the tongue? Are you not children of transgression, a seed of falsehood, inflaming yourself with idols under every green tree, slaying the children of the, in the valleys under the cliffs of the rock? Among the smooth stones or streams is thine portion, 
They that are thine lot, even to them hast thou poured out a drink offering, thou hast offered a meat offering. We'll continue on all the way to the 12th verse or whatever, where he's addressing those that are within the church, those that are among his people, that he will destroy because there are, like I said, the politicians, the religious leaders, the people, the nation of Israel had went and was steep in great idolatry. They made light of his prophets and his teachers because they had their own false teachers, their own false prophets, which is very prominent then, that are very prominent now. They were prominent in the times of Noah, if you would see in the book of Genesis, in the book of Genesis, in the sixth chapter, it says, And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives in which they chose. This wasn't God, but this was the false prophets and false teachers. This was a mixture of religion, a mixture of what should not have been. Man, it says that the sons of God saw them and took them wise. And the Lord said, my spirit shall not always strive with man for that. He is also flesh is, and yet his days shall be in 120 years. There were giants in the, in the earth in those days. And also after that, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men and they bare children to them. The same became mighty men, which of, was of old men of renown. Jude speaks of these same men that crept in unaware that was born unto this country, ordained unto this condemnation. Those men of renown were men of stature, like popular people nowadays. If a church can get a world-class athlete, a movie star, uh, the mass followings of mega preachers with mega churches, that's where the people flock to. That's what they're listening at. So that's what they were following, but they were mocking Noah. They were mocking what Noah was saying. They were mocking what Noah was doing. And just as is today, they mock true holiness. They mock the people of God. When God telling them a uh, to look for the old ways and the, a lot of times for the parents to have the love of their children or the children to respect their parent, sometimes they have to compromise a little bit or leave, give lead way to keep a relationship with their children or with their parents or with their spouse. But that leads to one disrespecting the other one or disregarding the other one and then turn it back on and the way it was. So of all of this, we, we have problems. And just like what I'm saying now, I've throughout this week or the last couple of weeks, by helping and doing other stuff, I hadn't been able to dedicate as much as I weren't dedicate to God, trying to be a good parent, a good friend, uh, individual. So my struggles bring me up short, whereas... A lot of people that should be in the church doing the things that they should be, they're following their own lives at their own times.
And so the division comes that we have to start looking out for ourselves, saving ourselves from this untoward generation. So it's a lot of tapes that didn't get down, a lot of things, just like right now, missed. I've tried to record this two or three times. So do your sons and daughters or some of your relatives or people should be in here? We should find what God's purpose is in the body of Christ because another part of the body is suffering because we're not doing what we should be doing. So we have to learn, we're going to have to learn that's why God moves people and moves things because they're stubborn and they're not following God, but God doesn't allow them to go any further because they're not operating in the way of body of Christ. He needs to put other people in that place. So last week I told you about the scripture, Proverbs 26 chapter. It says, Answer not a fool according to his folly, lest also he be like unto you. Answer a fool, not according to his folly, lest thou be like also unto him. You'll be just like him if you answer him the same way you do. Now, do you have children that you don't answer back or people that you don't answer because you'll be just as big as fools as they are or whatever? But are you led by the Spirit to know whether to answer him back or not answer him? You remember I told somebody ran in the back of me tonight. Well, something in my spirit was saying, well, just forget it, what she was saying or whatever. And she said, did I run into her? Did she run into me? Well, you know you ran in the back of me. I'm sitting still at the, at the drive up. But I said, I didn't feel like doing anything. But I asked my wife, I say, are you all right or whatever? What do you want to do? You want to call the police? You want to wait or what do you want to do this? But I, it wasn't my decision to make a loan, but she went along with my decision. But sometime you have to call the police. You have to do what the Spirit leads you. So that's the next verse, the sixth verse. The fifth verse, the fourth verse says, Answer not according to his father, lest also he be like unto you. The other one says, Answer a fool according to his father, lest he be wise in his own conceit. In other words, since he said that and did that, you come down with the same hardness as he came against you. You act a fool with him acting a fool. But isn't that you have to be led? Now, that scripture, that's, that's a paradox because what do you do in that situation? That's why I say we have to be led by the Spirit of God, so we have to look for the Spirit of God to act all the time. Amen. Yes. So it says, blessed or prosperous or fortunate is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, following the advice and example of a fool or the, or the marker. We see what's the divided our nation. We have a political group that's leading a violent Christianity, a Christianity that's not biblical, a biblical Christianity, example of Jesus Christ. But that's what people saying that they are the Christianity that should prevail. But then they say, well, we must help the people of God. And we know Israel is God's chosen people, but the Israel of God, the circumcision is of a heart and not a physical circumcision. So what's dividing a great deal of Congress and the people in the world today is a lot of movie stars have been blacklisted because they use the word genocide. Mm -hmm. 
there's genocide going on in the Middle East now where they're killing all the murdering the Palestinians in the hospitals and all the things that's going on in Russia, what's going on with Ukraine. But throughout the earth, this nation has been the power, the money that's backing a whole lot of these things. So they're culpable in a way, but it's because they're thinking that that little slither of land, that Israel in the Middle East is the Israel of God. You can't identify the physical Israel today, and the only way you can identify the spiritual Israel today is through God's word. But the confrontation and all of those things are happening, so a lot of righteous are being taken away because, why? Because the sons of the adulteresses, the sorcerer, the sons of the whore are doing exactly what the word of God says in the book of Daniel, that he given them power to walk and to prevail over his holy people for a while, toward the end time or whatever. So, that's why I say we have to get strong because God's going to move a lot of our parents, our children, our spouses, and the people around us, and even us if we're not the ones that's hunkering down to fight this battle to find out where's my purpose, where's my place in the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. We can cause the word of God to be mocked. He says... Continue on with Psalm 1. He says, uh, Bless is the man that sit not down in the seat of scoffers, those that ridicule, but his delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law, that is, in his precepts and teaching, he habitually meditates day and night. So, do you address a fool as a fool, a marker as a marker, a scoffer as a scoffer? Because we know that the political entity that the nation does has to fall. We have no choice. The Democrats are putting a man in there. He's much too old. He's not making a conscientious decision. He's not a good representative. The passive of of his way of doing things, it's not could prevail over the Spofer's way, the Marker's way. We know that the Republican Party, those people that are following those, that, 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 that Christianity, that wing, it's mockers and scoffers. They ridicule people. But should we be ridiculing those that, them, is that right? Or do we see that God says we shouldn't be given the ridicule of scoffery? That we don't get entangled in this world's affairs. So what's going on in the world, we have to not get entangled with it because it's coming to an end anyhow that the foundations are being destroyed. Yeah. So where, where what happens is Satan causes us to become mockers or scorners. Mm-hmm. And so that's why the other day I, I gave you the definition of scoffers in those uh, scriptures in which we see that God's going to attack the church and God's going to attack the world and the only one that he's going to keep doing this time of tribulation are those that are his. The word mock means to treat with contempt or ridicule. But are we in essence deriding one another? Are we ridiculing one another? Are you doing it to your spouse, your children, or anyone? Uh, 
Mark also means to disappoint the hopes of some. See, because what when it says Isaac was mocking or ridiculing that Ishmael was mocking or making sport of Isaac. Remember they said he was making sport during the birth and Sarah seen this and told him to cast out. Now, what this entails, we don't know. We can only ask God for a clearer understanding, but God keeps some things secret from us. But we know Isaac wasn't as athletic as Ishmael would have been. Isaac would have been the weaker of the two, just like Jacob was with Esau. Esau was a man of the world. He was a husky man, a hairy man, a hunter or whatever. Just like today, a lot of people ridicule or deride the poor. A lot of people deride those that are not as smart, is not as talented, is not as, in other words, that doesn't have what the world is looking for, not popular to the world, that they are not of the world, they're not part of that world. But we can't say this on the whole because sometimes poor people are some of the worst of people. Hmm. I've seen this coming up, you know, in like times of Thanksgiving and Christmas and everything. Some of those people in those lines for turkeys and baskets and things, they believe in covetousness and they may have a deep freeze of turkeys and hams and things that they go around to all of these events that happen. See, but I've came up and seen those things and that's why as I got older or whatever, I tell people, no, no I don't want to go to where they're giving away food and getting things that someone else can get. You crowding in and these churches or these people are giving away food boxes and these pantries are giving away these things. But you're working and if we see some of the cars and things that these people are in and these people are going to these churches and the church will claim, well, didn't we feed the needed? Didn't we heal the sick and all? Well, the needed that you was feeding was the covetous ones that was coming there getting that stuff that didn't need it. They had jobs making thousands of dollars every two or three weeks, making a couple thousand dollars or something. They had new cars and vehicles coming to get this, but they were covetousness. They, was, they had become idolaters. If we keep reading here, it says, inflaming yourselves with idols under every green tree. Slaying the children in the valleys on the cliffs of the rock, among the smooth stones of the stream is thine portion. They are thine light, even them that has poured a drink offering. So with their children in their lives, everything is given to self-pleasure, to self. It, everything is about self, and it's idolatry. They're given to idolatry, and that's what their lives is. Instead of coming out from the world, they're making sport of their mocking the word of God. They're imitating. The word mock means to imitate someone or something closely. You're mimicking Jesus Christ. They get in the church. They act as Christians. They act as the children of God. But inwardly, they're arriving as wolves. There's no regeneration. There's no changing. But on the outside, they're acting one thing way, but their hearts are far from God. They scoff at the things of God. They defy a challenge God and the children of God. And so this was their stumbling block. He says, remove the stumbling blocks. 
religion could be a stumbling block, and that's what I'm going to teach you on next week, Jesus Christ becoming a stumbling block to some. They take up Christ, and you'll see people in church, and they'll, they know all the signs, all of the verbiage and everything to use, and actually, there hadn't changed there no regeneration in their heart or whatever. And that's why when somebody say, well, you mock me, in other words, you make a derision to my name or you cause a, to bring scorn of contempt upon me on my name. And I don't, I didn't want to bring out everything Proverbs and the rest of them says about mocking or making sport of someone. Mm-hmm. It's like, I, I remember the president was, I, I talked about this on another tape, I think, was mocking this person that had this physical deformity or a handicap or whatever. Well, that's a physical signs of mockery, but there are spiritual signs of mockery when the false prophets and the false teachers in which Jesus was making us very aware of that was coming in the last days and I think that's where I was. Jude 7, 18 verses says, Beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lust. And yes. Amplified, it says, They used to say to you in the last days that there would be scoffers following their own ungodly passions. These are the ones who are agitators, causing division, worldly-minded, in other words, they're secular, unspiritual, carnal, merely sensual, unsaved, devoid of the spirit. So these are the ones in the party, and I don't want to start naming names or whatever, but they quote the Bible and they use scriptures, but they cause divisions in the body of Christ because God says mark those that cause divisions because this is another Jesus that you're preaching or teaching. This is this is exactly what the word of God says as, as Satan says. The scripture says, cast thee down lest thy dash thy foot against a stone. But you're saying, hold on, that's out of context. That's not right. That's tempting the Lord thy God. But then to some, you wouldn't tell them that. They shouldn't know that. You're the ones who are preaching or teaching that. So sometimes we have to learn who to avoid the argument of these things with. But some you have to rebuke openly. But you have to know how to will your word. In other words, will your word of God because it tells us in the Proverbs that you can get hurt seriously rebuking a scoffer or a mocker. They act for your life. They will kill because they're not true to what they're preaching or teaching. They're hypocrites. That's who hurts you the worst, and that's what I said. Netanyahu in Israel was overcome by Hamas with this brutal massacre of murder, and they relentlessly went in, killed thousands of people, and took two or three hundred hostages, which was wicked and evil, and it was satanic. But they are embedded among some innocent Palestinians and things that's in hospitals and places of whatever. They're interweaved with them. 
but you're just as wicked as they they are if you're killing babies and invalids and people in hospitals and things to get to them. Jesus told Peter to put thine sword up. He says, don't root out the tares because with doing that, you'll destroy the wheat along with that. So how can you destroy evil or wickedness? You can destroy good along with that. Abraham knew that way back in his time. He says, far be it from you, God, to destroy the righteous with the wicked. And that's when he was barking with God, not understanding we don't know as much as God, and God says he realized that the enemy did sow tares among the wheat. He says, allow them to grow up, and I'll separate them at the harvest. Well, it's harvest time now. God says, thrust in your sickle, and it's time for harvest. So right now, his messengers are separating the wheat and the tares. Those of us that are not spiritual are not seeing that the mockers are being gathered together to be burned. They're not to come through the trial and tribulation, but some of the righteous are passing away. Some of the righteous are being taken away. And they're not questioning what's going on. Uh, Proverbs 30 and 7 says, A man who mocks his father and despises his mother the vultures shall pluck out their eyes. Uh, whoever mocks the poor taunts his maker and who rejoices at another's disaster will not go unpunished. Uh, the crowd that was mocking or talking about Pelosi's husband that was, uh, he got sentenced the other day that beat the 80-year-old man with a hammer, uh, Pelosi's husband or whatever, but the man running for president is making fun of that and making sport of that and laughing at those things. Those are the kind of seeds that we are sowing. And we must remember that God is not mocked. What a man soweth, that is what he shall reap. I didn't know the condition this woman was or whatever. She might have been playing on my sympathy. She might have not been telling the truth or whatever. She was talking about she had went to the dentist and something about her dentures and everything, and she was on some painkiller or whatever. If you're in that bad a condition, I would advise you to go at home or whatever, and you should have been had the painkiller. It's this late this afternoon. You should have been had that. He probably would have given you some pain, but I don't know. I don't, I don't want to go through all of that or whatever. I can only see what's here. I'm going to be merciful unto you. I'm not going to call the police. I'm not going to pursue this. My car is in a condition where it's not injured or not it, it, w- it wouldn't be prudent to follow this and go on. My wife says she's in good condition because I've shown mercy, whether I was being fooled or not. God saw that. God saw my heart. Yes. So what does it say in that first verse? The righteous perish it. No man lands at the heart. And merciful men are taken away, none considering that the righteous are taken away from the evil to come. So those of us who show mercy, mercy will be shown to. Some of the righteous, now I'm not saying that over there in Israel, a lot of people that's retaliating and doing this are not the avengers of blood or whatever, and that God had designed it for them to retaliate or whatever. But I know what a man soweth that he shall reap. If you live by the sword, you shall die by the sword. 
So I, I'm looking to obtain mercy so I'd be merciful to others. And that's what we shouldn't be weary of doing, well doing and do what the scriptures give unto us. A lot of people talk about David's prayers of imprecations in which David called down curses upon people and brought people to certain judgments. And that is for some, but that may not be for me. David did those things, but what happened when David sinned with Bathsheba and he killed Uriah and then God says, the sword shall never leave your house, David, shall never depart. So David's sons rebel against him, and David lived the life that ever since that episode, his health started to fail him, and he never was right since then because God did not allow the sword to depart from his house. Yeah. I wouldn't want it to be said of me as it's said of David, you know, a lot of people use David as an example of adultery and everything, but I wouldn't want it to be said of me that I couldn't build the house of God. He says, David, you can't build the house of God because you're a man of blood. You have blood on your hands. Your son can build it, but not you. Peace builds the house of God, and that's why I say later in this chapter, we'll see where peace. And that's what we lay. We have to, in holiness, we have to pursue peace. But this other Christianity, this violent takeover Christianity, they're not pursuing peace. But God gives us peace, and that peace he gives unto us, we share that peace. We bring that peace into our lives and others' lives. All right, we're telling you about Ishmael and Ishmael and Isaac. That was in Genesis 21 and 9, where Ishmael was old enough to know better than to ridicule or tease his much younger brother and his behavior was inappropriate and thoughtless. And we have sibling robbery. We see that originated all the way with Cain and Abel, where Cain rose up and slew Abel. Mm -hmm. The righteous perish and none take it to heart. Abel's blood cried from the earth for it. But wisdom would allow Abel to know about his brother Cain and say, I'm not going to follow that fool out in the field. I'm not going to be caught along with him. See, your brother may slay you. And domestic vows, a lot of times, the wife may need to get away from the husband. God had provided a bill of divorce, and he had told through Paul, Paul was talking about the wife or the husband leaving and saying that God said that they should be able to live in peace. If you can't get peace in your home or whatever, it may be better that y'all depart. God still blesses that other because we sh he wants us to be at peace. We have to use God's word and that preacher behind the pulpit, he may not be as thoughtful and know much as God at, that's speaking to you and he may direct you to live his way of life because he's preaching that those scriptures from one perspective and he don't know his congregation, his people within that congregation because with a lot of the mega churches and everything, these preachers don't even know the people that's in their churches unless you're in their inner circle or whatever. But he know one thing, that he has you striving, as they say here, and Jude, it says, 
who walk after their own ungodly lust, and he could stand up there and talk about tithes and offerings and money and money coming in prosperity, and a lot of people in there, the lights can't be paid, their, their needs are not being met, and they are afraid to say anything to the church because the preachers would say, it's your lack of faith the reason you're suffering. God don't want you to suffer. It's your lack of faith the reason you're living in poverty, and it's to consume what you have on your own their own lust to cause them to be able to ride in fancy cars. They sell the tapes. They want you to pay for the church and all these kinds of different offerings in the people accommodating the preacher's ways of life. Carlton Pearson died the other day and he was a very popular evangelist at one time. I think he's from Oklahoma or whatever. And he, he had went into universalism toward the end of life where he didn't believe in hell. He said, there's no such thing as hell and all of these other things. Now, I'm not dismissing the tenets of these things, but at one time he was known for being at Bethany a lot or whatever. That's was when Shambach and the younger, the older men, uh, what's his name? Uh, Stocksteel had started the, old, the, the first Stocksteel. Not Larry, his son, but the older stock still who started Bethany and then going back in those days or whatever. But there are a lot of preachers and men of renown. And when they say giants in those days, like in the times of Noah, when they say men of renown, they would be talking about the big name televangelists these days, like it was Jimmy Swaggart and some of the well known. I don't want to talk about anybody that's active at this time. Not that Jimmy Swaggart is not active, but. He's kind of off the scene as it is now. But we see where all of these were mockers or scoffers at one time. They was vigilant against something they fought against. And he was one of Jimmy Swaggart, one of the ones that causes the Circle K's and 7-Elevens to move all of the stuff about. But... Uh, now we see the mocking of good men in Second Chronicles 36 and 16. And that's why I say the stand God has us taken, we have to keep that stand as to what he's showing us. Not what the world accepts or whatever, but are you in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? If he's telling you to feed the needy or do something for someone, you do that. But don't do it for accolades or to think at end times that you can say, well, this is the work I did. I fed the needy. I cast out devils. All of those are works. Those are just works. And you can't count on that to get you into heaven. If you've done those things, it's because you have faith, not because that you earned these things. Faith has works. Okay? So that's the reason you're doing it, because you are a child of God. That's something that you get pleasure. That's part of your nature now to do those things. Your belief in Jesus Christ, your faith in him, is what gets you into heaven. That's your interest, you being born again, that you are a child of God, the reason you're doing it. Second Chronicles 36 and 16 says, The Lord, the God of their father, sent word to them again and again, by his messengers because he had compassion on his people and on his dwelling place. 
but they kept mocking the messengers of God and despising his words and scoffing at his prophets until the wrath of the Lord arose against his people until there was no remedy or healing. So that's the state we see physical Israel in, the rejection of Jesus Christ, the rejection of the king, rejection of God's word, scoffing and rebelling and mocking people. And that's why some people that mock their parents and talk about their parents, that's why their lives are so bad. Not, not saying everyone is, but I do know people, you know, I have relatives and things, I look and look at their condition and everything, and I think back, how did they treat their wives? How did they treat their husbands? How did they treat their children, their parents? Or what's the relationship? I was wondering at one of our members' funeral that I said something, and I didn't, you know, I don't know what caused me to say it or whatever, but I think about it all of the time or whatever. But those things, God used me as a vessel to say, not that I knew that that's what he wanted, but that's what I was led to say or whatever. But it then led for feelings of hostility toward me from a lot of people that knew him and a lot of other things. But I have to live with that because I'm answerable to God. And that's what I say. I have I can't go around recanting the things I said, even though I don't know why God caused me to say it. It's just like Caiaphas, the high priest. He said something about Jesus Christ, and he prophesied, and God put those words in his mouth. So God puts words in individuals' mouth, and we must not be afraid to say what God gives us, even though it may cause us to lose friends, lose friendship, lose spouses, lose relatives or whatever it be we must fear the Lord in him only Nehemiah 4 and 1 says ridiculing as they did Noah Nehemiah working on the house of God a lot of people I look at the church and look at conditions and I'm looking for people to help rear up and establish the ruins and the desolate places of the church or wherever we worship or wherever we are I'm going to fight for that idea, but I'm not going to close up shop and say, well, look, I'm going on down the street to a fancy church. I was telling my wife the other day, I said, I don't know, as you get older or whatever, I know it's an old preacher that was here or whatever. He's been kind of giving up. He's given to going visiting other churches or whatever. But it just doesn't behoove me to cease to build or cease to stand right here till I see God work. Either I'm taken away. This is where I feel God placed me. And years ago when you came here, you say, well, God has sent you here. Well, you've been standing here with me ever since that time. But we can't be double-minded no matter what people mock and say, why don't you just give that old stuff up? Uh, Daddy, why don't you toss out that old car? Why don't you do all this? And no, this is where I'm comfortable at because I can't, you can't make me comfortable with what you're doing. I have to be made comfortable with God doing in me. Psalms 22 and 7 says, All who seek me, who see me, laugh at me and mock me. They insultingly open their lips, they shake their heads, saying he trusted and committed himself to the Lord. Let him save him, let him rescue him, because he delights in him. Now that was Jesus Christ speaking about people looking at him on the cross, saying, Come down, you saved others, you saved yourself. 
They mocked him while he was on the cross. Even his brothers didn't believe in him. But he had to walk that role alone, and a lot of people are going to say things to you or whatever. So even if a person is wicked or evil, I see where God says, no murmur or complain or no mocking or scoffer. So I don't even mock or scoff the wicked people because he said, even your enemy, you shouldn't mock or scoff your enemies. So we shouldn't be that. So that's why I say I didn't name the people and I said I wasn't naming them and I want to stop even talking about them or mention them and getting entangled in that no matter how the election, no matter what's going on. But if the spirit drives me or causes me to say something, I've said a few things tonight that I didn't want to, but that's the way it came. Acts 17 and 32 says, Now when they heard the term resurrection from the dead, some mocked and sneered, but others said, We will hear you again on this matter. So that was Paul talking about the resurrection. He used to be a Pharisee, and the Sadducees, which studied along with them, the Sadducees didn't believe in the resurrection, so they sneered at Paul. That was what Paul did one time in meeting when they were before uh, one of the emperors and Paul says that he was a Pharisee, the son of a Pharisee, and he believed in the resurrection. That salt, that put the Pharisees and Sadducees at each other's throat because the Sadducees don't believe in the resurrection. There are some people that don't believe in eternal life and don't believe Jesus Christ is coming back and that we will cha be changed. But if you, if, if, listen at this. If you're a Christian, and sometimes I, I got a brother that's off, I, I tell him a lot of times, I want to be here when Jesus comes back, and I think the world's going to end. I believe the world's going to end, and we're going to be changed. But to most Christians, they don't believe that, and to a lot of people within religion, they think man's going to get better. But as Mike Johnson, the Speaker of the House, they criticize him or whatever, but he is right. Man is totally depraved. Man doesn't get better. Christ makes man better, and Christ is going to intervene. Now, I'm not saying that he, I'm not endorsing him or whatever, because he has a lot of tenets of national Christianity that I don't agree with. So it's the precept that I'm looking at, and that a lot of people are, are, are wealthy or prosperous, they have their heaven right here on earth. They're not looking for Jesus Christ. So sometimes the suffering and affliction drives you to prayer. It drives you to looking for Christ more. Sickness and health and persecution sometimes drive you to your knees. It drives you to look to him. So we don't know how he's working in these situations or not. Uh, Hebrews 11.36 says, uh, in the hall of faith about what some of the heroes or some of the people of faith endured. He says, and others experienced the trial of mark, mocking and scourging amid torture and even chains and imprisonment is what they did to a lot of God's people. You know what happened to this prophet that spoke these words we're talking here in Isaiah 57? The 57th chapter of Isaiah? That prophet was sawn in half by Manasseh, the son of Josiah. Josiah was the most righteous and trusting king that it was. 
but his son Manasseh was very wicked for over 50 some years but he saw this prophet in half he saw, saw Isaiah in half the prophet Isaiah so we don't know what God sends into our lives or whatever and a lot of these nations that mock God fight against the people of God uh, God retaliates uh, uh, God takes vengeance so we as God's people have to learn God's word through studying and walking in God's ways and the proliferation of Scophus is a sign that is, we are in the last days but we can't become Scophus even though those around us even in some religions become markers and scoffers by what they're saying or doing. But I always tell my children and they're men and women now okay your brother or sister may be doing this or that but they're still your brother and sister. Now if you disavow your brother or sister as Esau did with Jacob he saw Jacob being carried away in captivity. He saw the calamity and he not only piled on, uh, didn't help or do anything about it. And then God punished Edom. When you hear Edom, that's Esau. And that's why I say you have types and shadows. You have symbol. Well, Esau's people are called Edom. And when you hear Edom in the Bible, uh, he's talking about Esau's people. And Edom laughed at Jacob during his time of calamity. So your brother, you knew everything about jail or whatever. I knew my brothers now, the only two that I have living. But I can understand how they are. My wife may say something, or you may say something, or say, but I know my brother or whatever, so I have to, God has given me an understanding and wisdom to deal with these things. You have, it, it, God gives you a certain discernment in everything. So when they say answer a fool according to his father, or answer not a fool according to his father. Don't you know your brother? Don't you know your sister? And so you can't use the terminology Cain says, am I my brother's keeper? Yes, you are your brother's keeper. You should be helping your brother or whatever. You shouldn't pile on. You should understand your brother. You should know all his mental defects. He may not have good sense. You know whether to avoid him or whether to get entangled with him, but he's still your brother. He's your sister. The same with our enemy. So Jesus says, love your brother. Love your enemy. Feed your brother. Feed your enemy. So isn't this kind of a reciprocal action? Plus, it's being led by the Spirit of God because we can't feed everybody. We can't do things. We can't help everybody. So we must depend upon Jesus Christ to be led by the Spirit of God. But we have to be slow to speak. So ridiculing and mocking, most of it is an action of its words. And that's why God says we have to be doers of his word. We have to be slow to speak and quick to hear. So the prudent sometimes keep silent because it's an evil time we're living in. So we don't pile on. A lot of people, when they see somebody being mocked of, a, a lot of people love to 
especially the comedians and everything, the late night hosts and everything, like to make jokes and but shouldn't we not get involved in a lot of foolish talking and jesting? So that's even harder to stay back from this world, to stay unspotted from this world. It says to visit the widows and to keep unspotted from this world. That's the hard part, to not become a mocker, a scoffer. So I, I didn't have time. It didn't come out the other day when I was saying about the anatomy of a scoffer or a marker in which I'll have to cover another day or whatever. But I wanted to give you a summary talk on this. This would be the second part when I asked the question, are you a scoffer or a marker? And we see in the book of Corinthians where Paul says, let a man examine himself to see whether he be in, in the faith. We have to keep examining ourselves each day and if we would examine ourselves through prayer, through reading the Word of God, through time with, time with the Word of God, meditating on it day and night, and by walking in it, God's words go act like a mirror, and it's going to show us our faults. It's going to show us, but we can't leave away from studying the Word of God from church or Bible study and forget what manner of men we are. We have to see that that may be us. But it's a lot of people, scoffers and markers, leave unscathed. And that's why you don't argue with them, because it's never them. You're not going to find people that say, I'm flawed, that I'm the sinner, I'm at fault, that I'm wrong. And that's what the Bible, Jesus tells us. You must deny yourself and take up your cross. Self, you have to be careful of self. That's your enemy. Paul says, I see within my members this law, and that's what's dangerous. This seed that was sown, this seed of man. We're of the, we're of the blood of man, but that man has to die. God gives us a new heart. That's the spiritual man. That's the one that comes to life. But self, self-pleasure, self-gratification, we are idol factory. We love to worship other things and make idols. That's what self does. That's what self-centeredness, narcissistic, narcissism, all of that comes from the inner man. God says, my thoughts and my ways are not like your thoughts and ways. Heavenly Father, as we come before you.